Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 166, which we are recording on Wednesday, May 9th, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And you'll hear Nani in the background today. She is outside of her cage and she's very entertaining so far. <laughs> so there will be some Nani noises in the background. And I wanted to say Happy Mother's Day because oh, it will yes. be Mother's Day That's right. this coming weekend in the U.S. And for all of you out there, Happy Mother's Day. So what are you wearing? I was wearing, just a little bit earlier, my flam cardigan, which is a pattern by Justina Lorkowska. You heard me talk about it. I believe it was just the last yeah. episode. Yeah, last episode. <laughs> so it's, of course, my recent finish. So it's on it's the top the of the pile. It's getting all the love. And I was wearing it this morning over a t-shirt. Our morning fog has burned off. And now it's sunny. And I don't need my sweater anymore. <laughs> but Flaum is a ribbed cardigan that I knit in my new favorite color which is rock girl <laughs> by western sky knits and it's a dk weight cardigan knit in knit one pearl one rib and fisherman's rib and fisherman's rib is knit one below and i discovered that i really enjoyed fisherman's rib and i really like the fabric that it makes so that's flam now fisherman's rib gives me hope because i don't enjoy knitting ribbed stitches mm. because knit pearl knit pearl knit pearl mm -hmm. it takes me forever but if it's knit one knit one below i could probably go a little faster yeah. and the fabric is just glorious it is it's so pretty it's really nice hmm. so enjoying that one <laughs> it's very very pretty thank you how about you gail what are you wearing i'm wearing my bjorko shawl it's a pattern by anna freeberg and i it was knit with the hand spun that robbie photo knit gal gifted me a year a little over a year ago in all sorts of glorious pinks and a little bit of purple and it's really pretty and I'm wearing it with a skirt I went thrift shopping with Melissa yesterday I and wondered I got, if that was one, it's of, the one of the skirts I just have to you know when you go thrift shopping and it's a success you just get giddy about it <laughs> two adorable skirts for one dollar and fifty cents each I mean Oh my goodness, you can't get better than that. And the pinks in the shawl look perfect with the pinks in the skirt. So it was a double score. Definitely. So that's what I'm wearing. Okay. What have you been stocking? I'm stocking a brand new pattern for a pullover. And you just heard me talk about the flam that was knit in the fisherman's rib. Well, this pattern is called Fisherman's Cloud. It's a pattern that was just released this month, written by Katrine Schneider. And it, as the name implies, it is knit in, the majority of the body of the sweater is knit in a fisherman's rib. I actually think the yoke of the sweater is knit in a knit one, pearl one rib. And then the body of the sweater is knit in the fisherman's rib. So it's very much like the flam. <laughs> very <laughs> but much. this one, yes, but this one is knit in a fingering weight. It's a v-neck pullover. And the yarn that the sample was knit in is actually categorized as a light fingering. And it's merino, silk, and yak. So it's a very drapey yarn. But it's really light. 
And I'm, of course, trying to figure out what yarn to use that's so light that I could that I could knit this sweater. And the only thing I can come up with that I actually have in stash is, drum roll please, more Coast. <laughs> Coast surprise, surprise. Yes, Coast is the yarn that I get from Holstgarn in Denmark. And the Coast is part merino and part cotton. I've also used one of their yarns that is part merino and part silk, which if I wanted to purchase more, I might consider for this. We'll see. But I think I do want to stick with the cotton just so that it's more of a warm weather pullover. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, so it's more wearable So here. it's lighter. Yeah. Yes, because the, like I said, the yarn that the pattern calls for is categorized as a light fingering. And Coast is very much a light fingering. I am trying not to laugh because Nani <laughs> is in the bottom of her cage. And I had to get up and look because I could not find her. She's at the very bottom of her cage. Is She's she like, under the newspaper. That's what it was because I got up and I thought, where is she yeah. hiding? And I could see the newspaper yeah. moving. <laughs> so that's that weird noise in the background is Nani like hiding. Under Wrestling me. <laughs> under the paper. We call it birdie in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too yeah. cute. Okay, sorry. Had I've, to interject that. One of my other parrots used to, he would purposefully go under and kind of triangle the paper. Like he would chew it until it came to oh. a point, into a little triangle, and then he'd sit under it with his little tent over it. <laughs> it's like him. a kid in a forest. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was very funny. So getting back to Fisherman's Rip, I really enjoyed the fisherman's rib on flam so i think that i am going to enjoy it on fisherman's cloud as well yeah, i want you to knit that so that i can try it on <laughs> the sweater is drop well it's very interesting because the tags you know how on ravelry you can pick tags well the designer picks tags for their pattern which tells you how it's constructed, and some information about it. So the tags... Yarn down. <laughs> My yarn just rolled off the table. <laughs> so the tags for this sweater say two things. They Well, there's more than two, but the two concerning sleeves say drop sleeve and then contiguous. Oh. Which is very strange, isn't it? That's because very when I looked at it, when I look at the sample, I'm thinking, it's drop sleeve, and why is continuous selected? I couldn't figure that out. And then I happened to look at some of the projects, and there's oh, there are already one, quite a few. There are. Wow. And there's one knitter who knit the sweater with different colored sleeves, and you oh. can see how on the shoulder, the sleeve, instead of being a straight drop shoulder there's like a little triangular section that yeah. points to the top of the shoulder so it's not a strict drop shoulder somehow it's a neat little curve yeah curve somehow point. i guess when it says contiguous i know that that refers to the way that stitches are picked up so perhaps you just pick up stitches in a manner that makes it continue contiguous 
see. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's some kind of interesting, different hybridized sleeve, I guess. <laughs> so we'll see. And I would never have been able to tell if one of the knitters hadn't basically what she said in her notes is that she ran out of yarn or she didn't have enough for the oh. sleeves so she did the sleeves in a different color and it actually looks really cute with different colored sleeves yeah. but because she did use different colored yarn i was able to see the construction of the sleeve so that didn't answer entirely my questions but oh my friend karen tested it too karenita oh, yeah oh cool <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so that is Fisherman's Cloud by Katrine Schneider. Second thing I am stocking is a somewhat new pattern. This is from February from Casa Pinka called Goldfish Memory. I love that. Have yeah. you seen it's this so one? Cute. It is so pretty. This one is a, I believe it's three colors. Yes, three color parallelogram wrap. And it's one of the another one of those big wraps that are so popular right now. And you use three skeins, and all of the colors and samples that Casapinka has used on her pattern page are so happy mm -hmm. and bright, and they go together really well. And everybody who is coming up with these multi-skein large wraps that are very popular right now, it's so appealing because the colors are so, so fun I, I mean agree. and just picking the colors is so fun and then knitting the colors together is so fun as opposed to a project that's all one color it's it's just fun and happy yep. <laughs> so goldfish memory she has the little a little story on the pattern page that says, urban legend has it that a goldfish has a memory or attention span of about three seconds or the time it takes to swim around its bowl. And it says, I can be like this and at those times I just want a nice big knitting project that will keep me occupied while letting me watch bad 80s airplane movies on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so... She sounds like a fun person to she, hang around yes. with and knit, too, in addition to having beautiful patterns and beautiful color choices. <laughs> well, and she is the one who did All Point All Point South. South. Yeah. I was going to mention that, Gail, and I have both previously stocked All Point South, which is a quote-unquote circular shawl, not a poncho. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. A scowl. Yeah. A shawl cowl. And I still want to make that one. So that one really is on my stocking list, too. I own that pattern already, too. Oh, you do? I just have not found the perfect yarn yeah, for it yet. Yeah, yeah. So Goldfish Memory, as I said, three-color wrap, knit on the bias. It has slip stitches. It has narrow garter stripes, big garter stripes. It has a little bit of lace and a little bit of stockinette. It's really cute. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that a couple weeks ago, when there was the local yarn store day the one of the patterns that was a giveaway for the yarn store that i work was a pattern that the designer Casapinka generously gave to yarn stores well she gave us codes that we could give away to customers who purchased yarn on that day so it was in 
incentive for customers to go out on local yarn store day, which was a day started by TNNA, I believe, to have knitters support their local yarn store. Yay! And I just want to give her props for doing that because that's such a a wonderful thing to do for the industry, number one, to support to support local yarn stores. But then she deserves a little bit of thanks yeah, as well absolutely. because she didn't get anything for mm-hmm. giving away all those patterns. And um, I just want to mention that because I think her patterns are beautiful. They are. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yes. So those are the things I am stocking. What are you stocking? Well, I'm watching your cat stalk the door. Boo wants to come Boo in. Boo wants to come in. I have not been stocking very much. I haven't had a whole lot of time on Ravelry lately, but a couple things did make it through my radar. And the first one is Nilla the Unicorn. It is an adorable knit unicorn softy. And I've had a thing for you. Oh, and there goes Boo right now. I've had a thing for unicorns and rainbows pretty much all my life. And they just get me every time. And Nilla is just adorable it's knit with worsted weight yarn but of course you could knit it with any type of yarn you want and she does mention that she knits it at on a bigger needle size than you would normally knit because she wanted it to be a soft floppy toy so keep that in mind she does mention that the stuffing may show through a little bit because of the looser gauge i'm going to knit one for my friend jorge's daughter who is seven months old today and I just really want to knit one. So that was the reason I picked. It was for Victoria. And I also have been stocking baby sweaters because I really want to knit her. My idea is to have the unicorn and a baby sweater to send by Perfect. her first, first birthday. Aww. So I've been looking at baby sweater patterns. And there's one called the Little Coffee Bean, which is a cardigan by Elizabeth Smith. Have you knit that before? It sounds so familiar. Yeah, but someone in our group knit it recently, and I can't remember who, and I thought maybe you'd knit it in the past. It's a very simple raglan-shaped striped cardigan for children, babies and children. And it's adorable, and I could knit it in all sorts of fun colors. So that made it onto my radar as well, and that's a free pattern on Ravelry, also worsted weight, I believe. So very fun. That would make a cute little combination set. And the other thing that I've been stalking is because I've been wearing it. It's the Viajant by Martina Beam. It is a very large poncho. I don't know if you'd call it a large poncho. It is large just because it's a lot of yardage. So basically mm-hmm. it's like a 1500 yard. It's large. Beautiful yeah. pullover yeah. shawl. Not shawl. Poncho with a giant cowl on it. Poncho slash wrap. Yeah. But it's all, it's one piece. You pull it over your head. And I, Charlene and I both knit ours years ago. Mm -hmm. And every time I pull it out, I think, why don't I wear this more often? And then I'll wear it for several days in a row. And then I'll think, well, I shouldn't wear the same thing several days in a row. And then I put it back in the closet and I don't wear it again for a while. And I have the same problem. I just forget to wear mine. Yeah. Because it, it's so big. It doesn't sit with the rest of my cowls so it doesn't get worn in the place of a cowl and it doesn't really I don't put it in my mind with my sweaters 
So when I reach for a sweater, I don't automatically reach for that. I think it's just because it's between categories. Yes, it makes I it... don't automatically think of it. Yep. So I don't always remember it. That's yes, sad. <laughs> I agree. But every time I wear it, I love it. But mine is in a very in-your-face colorway. It's a Miss Babs colorway. I think it was called Prince, like Prince the Artist. And it's mostly gray, but then it has splashes of purple and blue, and it's beautiful. I love it, but it's a statement piece, not just because it's a very large garment, but the colorway is very not subtle. So every time I wear it, I think to myself, I really want to make another one of these in a more my version of neutral colorway, <laughs> which lately I've really wanted to do burgundy, like if there was... Madeline Tosh Venetian Tosh lace. I would be all over it, but mm. that's a discontinued yarn and a discontinued color. So, but that's kind of what my my brain is asking for. Mm -hmm. Or Baltic, which is a beautiful turquoise. Or what was the other one? I was oh navy. I was thinking navy, navy. too. Yes. So Viajant has been on my stocking list simply because I want to reproduce the one I already have, yeah. but in a more neutral wearable colorway. So those are the three things that I'm stocking. All right, so what have you been knitting? I started a Huhui shawl, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And this, for me, is pure comfort knitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> pure comfort knitting. It is relatively easy. I think it's it's a crescent-shaped shawl, mm -hmm. I think. Oh, you're using your boba marker. Yes. Boba tea marker. <laughs> boba tea stitch marker. So, yes, pure comfort knitting, relatively easy, three-color, crescent-shaped shawl. I'm using a neutral, very, very light gray that has a few little speckles in it. There's some dark in there, a little bit of a gold color but very very little very very dainty dainty speckles yeah it's not wildly splashed with color it's just a hint and then the second color which i've just started working into the stripes is a pale lilac i guess lavender it's not a lavender it's a little darker than a lavender it's almost like a pinky lavender yeah that's what that's what i want to say is a yeah. pink leaning lavender yes or exactly pink leaning <laughs> lilac oh that works too and then the third color which i have not started working in yet is a dark blue i'm reaching for it a dark blue but this one does have speckles and this one's going to be the edge on the shawl so i've got the light gray slash silvery color the lilac and the blue really pretty i love this color combo it's really fun yeah and as i mentioned this is just pure comfort knitting it's so easy to knit back and forth there are very few short rows so far on the pattern so i don't have to think too much and it's really not surprising at all that in times of stress and anxiety, I reach for a hohi pattern. <laughs> yep, that's a commonality of this episode. Yes. yes, I'm familiar with her pattern writing. I'm familiar with her techniques. It was just easy to pick up 
and knit. And I had already had these colors selected to use together and they were sitting in a bag. And one of the things that I've been having problems with for the last few weeks is picking something to knit. I kind of just want to knit. I don't want to have to pick or think about what I'm knitting. Yeah. I just want to sit and knit. So mm -hmm. this, so since this project was handily already in a bag with a pattern picked, it was my go-to. It was very easy. So that is Hoo Hooey by Hohi Locatelli. And I should say, I think this one comes from a pattern collection called The Authentic Collection. Yes, it does. The Authentic Collection. And I've had it in my library for quite a while. Yeah, December 2015, if you can believe, is when this pattern came out. And I've wanted to knit it probably since then. Yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah. So the second thing I am knitting is still my Jessica Jones cowl. Not too much more to say about that one because that one I'll be working on for months and months and months yeah. because it is my podcast knitting. <laughs> How about you, Gail? What are you knitting? I thought you cast on another sweater. Not yet. I thought you cast on boxy. Not officially. I kind of sort of cast it on. Okay. Several weeks ago when my mom was in the hospital because okay. I thought I was going to need hospital knitting and I thought I'd cast it on and have it for the retreat but I haven't picked it up again okay. to officially knit it because so. that was another of our hohe comfort knitting yes yeah yeah and that one also I probably will work on that because I do have that it's all in a bag and like I said it it, it is cast on and it's ready to go yeah. so I can pick it up anytime and start knitting in the round on it because I, I got it to that spot because I thought I would knit it at the retreat I ended up working on something else at the retreat and not doing that so it's it's there in the background but I haven't I in the last two weeks I haven't picked it up okay and Boo is now marching on yes. Flaum. He, he moved from next to me. I was petting him for the last five minutes or so. And now he is marching or kneading, it looks like. Yes. But he's not using his little claws, obviously. Because it's just not soft enough for yes, him. So he has to soften it. it. <laughs> it's the menagerie here today. It really is. Oh, my gosh. All right. So what am I knitting? Yes. I am also knitting Hohe Patterns. For the same reason. They're just comfort knitting and they're easy. Yeah. So I have been working on Light Rain, the pullover that I'm using my Rowan Cash Cotton yarn on. But I mentioned last episode that it was hurting my hands because oh, I was yeah. working on the sleeves with a small circular needle mm -hmm. and did a whole day of yard work in the yard and then went in the house and knit for several hours on that small circular needle with the cotton blend yarn and kept thinking, oh, my hands aren't hurting at all. Oh, my hands aren't hurting at all. This is great. My hands don't hurt at all. My hands have hurt for almost a week straight. Until and I, your hands started hurting. Well, yes. the next day I woke up <laughs> yeah. and I was aching. Oh. My uh, index and middle finger no. on my tensioning hand, especially oh, my left ouch. hand. And I keep thinking I should take a break and not knit for a couple days, but... 
I can't do that right now. I can't <laughs> not knit right now. I just can't do it. So yeah. light rain has been sitting, waiting for me to get back to it for my hands to heal up enough. And then I'm only, and I said this the last episode, I'm only going to work on it an hour at a time, mm -hmm. but I didn't listen to my own advice. But going forward, I promise that that's what I'm going to do. And I've also been working a lot on the Fading Point Wrap by Hohe, which I am loving so much. The five colors of yarn that I picked out are so pretty together. And I did look up the dyer of the first color, Saltwater Taffy. It's Luna Fiber Arts. And I finally have a picture of that up in my Ravelry stash somehow. I never got it up in my Ravelry stash. I don't oh. know what I was thinking. And that's why I couldn't find it and didn't remember who the dyer was. The second colorway is a Plymouth Happy Feet yarn, and that colorway is lipstick. The third one is Candy Skein on her luscious MCN fingering base, and the colorway is Cherry Blossom Mochi, which is perfect because so many cherry blossom trees are blooming here right mm -hmm. now. The fourth color is the Madeline Tosh MCN blend in her colorway Carnation. And the last color is by Shaggy Bear Farms, which is a small dyer slash she she has all sorts of different types of sheep breeds that are rare. And Pygora, which is a combination of a of an Angora and pygmy goat. I don't remember now. I think so. Yeah, something unique like that. And she's in Oregon and we saw her at the oh what's it called? The one we went to with Anne and Carol. In Sacramento. Lambtown. Lambtown. <laughs> Saw her at the Lambtown event. And there isn't an, a brand, a, a base name, but it's 50% Merino, 25% Pygora, and 25% Tessa Silk. Really soft. And it doesn't have a colorway name, but it's a very, very light background with beautiful pink speckles in light pink, dark pink, and then some gray speckles too. And the colors just work so well together. So I'm incredibly happy with that knit. I'm almost done with the first half. So you start at one end of the rectangle and work towards the center. And then when you get to the center, you stop and then you knit the second half from the end towards the center. And then in some mysterious way, you join those two halves by knitting <laughs> the missing triangles that point towards the middles in the same fade, but instead of a lace motif in the middle of the garter, like you do on the long ends, there's an eyelet row somewhere in between the fades and the garters. So I haven't obviously made it to that part of the pattern yet. <laughs> so I am traveling for work next week for three days and I'm gonna have a lot of airplane knitting. So yeah. fading point will come with me as well as my newest cast on. I have cast on Mike's sweater and I'm using the Slade pattern by Michelle Wang. And it's a smoking jacket type of sweater, a cardigan. And I received the yarn that was a special order for me from Kim of Western Sky Knits. She ordered a DK weight base that is Polworth and silk. And it's really nice. And she dyed it in her wine colorway, which is a deep, dark burgundy, which is a color that looks good on everyone in my family. Mm -hmm. So all four of us pretty much want sweaters in this colorway now. And I did a lot of work swatching for this sweater. So Mike has given me, you know, I would like less ribbing. I would like less placket in the front and I want more shawl collar. <clears throat> okay, I can do all those things. And then it was 
what fabric do we want? Mm -hmm. Because he wears his clothes pretty hard. So I really want it to be durable. So I don't want it to be too open of a, of a fabric. And the pattern is written for worsted weight. So I had to already swatch based on the fabric that I want. So I swatched on US sevens, sixes, and fives. And we're going with the fabric produced by the fives because it's the tightest and I think it will wear the best. And, you know, a swatch, I knit a very large swatch, but when you put it across all the fabric of an entire sweater, and this is knit in pieces, so it will have structure to it, but still, you know, the back is gonna be a very large swath of fabric and it will stretch because of the weight of the fabric. So I wanted to make sure that the fabric was tight enough that it wouldn't elongate into a bathrobe, which is what the last big sweater did that I knit for him. When I felt your knitting just now, that was the first thing I thought when I felt it, that, wow, it's really firm and it, the yeah. stitches are really tight. Oh, good, good, because so that's what you I... you did achieve that. Good, yeah, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to feel somewhat like that over the entire mm-hmm. sweater, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's what I will achieve. And I got to use Elizabeth Doherty's math formulas that she gave us at the knockers retreat so i did all of the math calculation to make sure that with the gauge i have which is not the gauge of the pattern that i could knit so i'm going to knit the size 47 and a half i think in the pattern to achieve about a 42 and a half inch circumference around the chest So I'm very confident that I will achieve the size that I want and that I won't run out of yarn. So those were the two considerations and I'm really enjoying it. I had, I cast on the back piece and I'm about, I don't know, four or five inches Mm -hmm. into the back. This will be great airplane knitting as well because it's knit in pieces. It won't be a giant cumbersome sweater assuming that I get that far. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be bringing Fading Point and Mike's Slade sweater. So I'm really happy with the progress so far. Very pretty it's color. It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty yet also masculine. So it's a color that Mike hasn't worn yet, but he loved the color when he saw it. And Max and Josie both have a lot of this in their wardrobes. And I have sweaters in similar colors mm-hmm. too. So yeah, it's a winner. It's a great color. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm knitting. We would like to thank Fix a Stitch for being this episode's sponsor. Ever face the tedious task of having to drop down and correct a mistake in your knitting? The Fix a Stitch tool is here to help. It's a double-ended tool that uses a patented method to change stitches from knit to purl or purl to knit quick and easy. Check our website for great tutorials and other ways to use it. The tool comes in a package of three for light, medium, or bulky weight yarn. A lace weight tool is available sold separately. Fix-A-Stitch is available at local yarn shops around the country. For more information, go to www.fixastitch.com. Thank you. I have a Fix-A-Stitch tool in my tool bag that I always, whenever people ask for a crochet hook, I always hand one of those around and people are always surprised. Oh, why is there a double one each end? end? Yeah. So I'm always surprised that there are people that haven't seen it yet. And I think that's the best way to see what it does to have somebody hand you one and then try it. Yeah, so I agree. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. So what have you finished? I know you have a big one. 
I have finished my second calyx sweater. Calyx is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty, and I finished one of these sweaters a couple of episodes ago, and I loved it so much that I immediately, almost immediately cast on a second one. And if you'll remember the first one, I went off recipe and used <laughs> a different yarn. I used the Holstgarn combo of Tides and Coast. So it was a wool, silk, cotton blend. And then this version that I just knit, I used the Shibui Twig and Shibui Reed that Elizabeth made her sample out of. So this sweater is made out of mostly linen and then some silk and then a scant 12% wool. So very, very different fiber composition. Both sweaters had two yarns that were held together to create the DK weight fabric. And the biggest difference that I noticed between the two sweaters, and this is a sizable difference, is the weight of the fabric. Mm. The weight of the fabric is so different. The Holstgarn sweater weighs 246 grams. Whereas the Shibui sweater weighs 394 grams. So that's about 150 gram difference, which yeah. is a lot. That is a lot. That To me, that seems like a lot. And when I pick up the Holstgarn sweater, it it feels like an average weight sweater. And then because I'm not used to linen sweaters I pick it up and it feels very heavy it's yeah. really different really really different but the fabric is really drapey it works well it's more of a spring summer garment because it's not going to be as warm of course because it doesn't have the wool my stitch gauge came out the size of my stitch gauge for the width of the sweater remained constant, but for some reason my sweater is really stretching a lot. Mm. <laughs> and I guess maybe it's because of the weight. And this is one of those situations where you never know because the swatch isn't going to tell you that it's going to stretch with wear. In fact, the, the strange thing is that my swatch, after I washed my swatch, my swatch shortened. It didn't lengthen. My, you know, yeah, after that, I washed it, me. my swatch mm -hmm. got shorter. So I really didn't have a clue as to how much it was going to stretch. And I have not yet tossed my sweater in the dryer to see if it shrinks up a little bit. And to be honest, I did put my shibui swatch in the dryer for a little bit so i assumed that that was why it shrunk up a little bit so i will probably do that on this sweater as well just to see what happens i figure there's only 12 percent wool so there's a good chance that it will 
shrink up a little bit, I believe, because linen seems to always shrink up yeah, when ask, you dry it on heat. Ask Elizabeth and Dagmar what they did with theirs. Well, I think I think Dagmar did put hers in the dryer on heat for a little bit. So I did put it in the dryer without heat just to toss it, just to soften it, because the fabric is really stiff using the two linen yarns when you knit with it. It creates a fabric that's really stiff. And then I like it better after it's been in the dryer. It's kind of like a pair of linen pants or a pair of li or a linen jacket or something mm -hmm. that you toss in the dryer and it comes out really soft and feels really good. So similar to that, I when I once I tossed it, it, it softened up a lot and I noticed that the fabric was a lot more flat. The stitch definition improved by about 150% because before before I did that I felt that I couldn't really see the lace pattern very well but after washing it and drying it it did improve a lot so I've been asked several times which version do I like better <laughs> <laughs> and they're just so different it's almost like comparing apples and oranges so I don't have a direct comparison preference. I just think I'm going to be wearing them in different situations, mostly in different different weather. Because I would it's I would not wear the one that has a lot of wool in it, for example, in weather like today. It's almost well it was 84 in my Yeah, yard. it's yeah. way too warm. Yeah. But then this more like this morning when it was very windy, I would probably wear the linen one on a day like today. I think it's going to be a sweater that I put on in the summertime like I wore last Donner. year my Donner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just be able to toss it over something. It's a little bit heavier because of the DK weight fabric that it's knit with. So there is that. I may still reach for my Donner when it's warmer but I'm really enjoying it and it was fun to have the opportunity to knit with the Shibui yarns which I might not have tried otherwise yeah and we were gifted that yarn so, by yes. Shibui thank which, you Shibui yeah, thank you very much made it possible for yeah. us each to be able to knit yeah to be able to try it yeah. I really enjoyed it and the especially the twig it's got it's almost tweedy. It's got little flecks of different mm -hmm. color because it has the linen, the silk, and the wool. So each fiber takes the dye a little bit differently, and it's got the little flecks of the different colors in there. It's tethered. And, yeah, it's really yeah. pretty. Really, really pretty yarn. I wanted to go back to one thing you just said about the difference in the weights of the two sweaters. Mm -hmm. And then you said the linen one, which is significantly heavier, you would wear because it's not as warm, which seems so counterintuitive. It does, I know. But it, because of the wool content, mm -hmm. the one with a high percentage of wool is significantly, significantly warmer. Significantly warmer. I can feel it when I put it on. It's like a little layer. You can feel that it's a little layer of warmth coming on. The wool version is? Yes, yeah. the wool version is just a little layer of warmth. And then you put this one on, and though the fabric feels heavier and the sweater feels heavier in mass and weight, 
it's definitely not as warm. You can really feel the difference. And even putting the sweater on, the wool sweater just feels warm, even though there's no temperature change between mm-hmm. the two. It just feels warmer. Yeah, I just wanted to call that out because yeah. I think many people who haven't knit with both, it's hard to understand why the heavier sweater wouldn't be as warm. Mm-hmm. But it's the joy yeah. of wool. Yeah, definitely. But I'm really enjoying it. I really enjoyed the experiment of knitting the sweater in two such different fibers. I think if you really want to learn the difference between two fibers, knit the same thing and then see how each version is different and what you like about each version because so different. So different. And I kept trying to decide. It's like, hmm, which one do I like better? But I'll be reaching for the sweaters in different circumstances. So they're very different. It's almost like they're two different sweaters. And by that, I mean not necessarily the same pattern, but they really are two different sweaters. The fact that they were both knit using the same pattern is kind of beside the point. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. To me. Yeah. <laughs> because in this case, it's the fiber that defines the sweater kind of more than the pattern. Well, and going back to Donner, so Donner is a fingering weight sweater knit in linen and or linen blend yarn. Mm-hmm. And Charlene and I both knit ours in Lindy Chain from Knit Picks. And I don't wear my Donner very often. You wear yours a lot. You knit two of them. Mm -hmm. You like them so much. I think for me, if it's chilly enough to put on a sweater, I'm going to reach for something that is softer and more wool-based than linen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't like the feel of linen on my skin. I don't think I dislike it. But I just don't reach for it. I have a couple linen tops that I do wear sometimes. But again, if it's cold enough to put on a sweater, I'm probably not going to reach for a linen sweater. So interesting to hear you talk about how you would wear (laughs) each of them differently. And I am going to knit calyx in the linen and wool and silk blend. So we'll see. But it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And my Donner sweaters don't really give a lot of warmth it's just that little tiny layer it's, it's a t-shirt basically it's, yeah and it's equivalent to a t-shirt because most times i'll have a tank top for example and then i'll pull that on maybe in a situation where i would pull on a t-shirt over a tank top but it's a heavy t-shirt yeah so maybe that's what it is to me is the weight of it because I don't knit very many heavy worsted weight sweaters because I don't like the heaviness of the fabric. So I tend well, to knit in loftier yarns. When but it's... Donner's really light. It is. Donner it is. is really yeah. light. It is. Yeah. So it's just an interesting conversation yeah. because yeah. of the different fibers. Right. So. Right. But I really love it. I love both my Calyx sweaters. Love the pattern. It's awesome. <laughs> Yay. 
<laughs> so that's what I have finished. That's the long version of what I have finished. What have you finished? Gail? I haven't finished anything. So perfect. <laughs> that was the perfect balance. So many listeners expressed their surprise and appreciation when we recorded an episode after my mom passed away. And thank you so much for being kind and caring and wanting to allow me that time away. But what I learned about myself was that I needed to be with my craft. I needed to be with other knitters. I needed to knit. I needed to be with my tribe. (laughs) And the weekend after my mom passed away, in fact, was our annual knockers retreat. And I did play around with the idea of not attending. I wasn't sure whether I really was up to attending. I'm not sure if I, I just wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do for me. But a lot of people said, it's okay if you need to go, do what makes you feel good. My sister and a lot of my friends encouraged me. They said, mom wouldn't want you to miss the retreat. So I took all that into consideration, and it made me think a lot about the role that knitting and crafting plays in the way that we as knitters deal with sadness, deal with anxiety, deal with stress, deal with depression. And like I just said, I realized that dealing with all that Basically, I need to knit. (laughs) I need to knit. I need to be with other knitters. I know that my project indecision is high during stressful times. I realized that it also made me want to buy yarn. (laughs) Yeah, retail therapy really comes into play. But like I said, what it really made me think about was the role that knitting and crafting plays in the way that we deal with sadness, anxiety, stress, and depression. And that was just something that Gail and I have been talking about, and we thought we would bring our conversation a little bit to you to share what we had been talking about. This is a very personal discussion, what the things that we, or the way that we deal with anxiety, depression, stress, and sadness may not be the way other people deal with them. But this is just the way that we deal with it, what works for us, and we thought we'd share because I think it's a good discussion to get out there. That anxiety, stress, depression, and sadness is within the range of normal human feelings and however you deal with it, is good as long as you're happy with the way that you deal with it and you're dealing with it in a way that is moving you along and moving you forward and making you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, and my first reaction is that I think a lot of people think of all four of those emotions, especially depression, with a giant stigma attached to them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to discuss those because there is some social unwillingness to acknowledge the fact that depression is a mental illness and that there are coping techniques that some people need to do. 
And of course, we're not doctors, but I do take antidepressants and I have for a mighty long time. And I'm very grateful for the fact that they exist and they've helped me a lot. And it took me a long time to admit that I needed anything like that because the stigma related to depression and I thought there was something wrong with me. And the best advice I got was from my husband. And one day he said, if you broke your arm, would you go to the doctor? And I said, well, of course I would go to the doctor. And he said, you have a chemical imbalance that you need to have addressed. That is something you need to have done by a doctor. And that was the first like ray of hope that I had. And it led me to see a doctor and get an antidepressant. And it really changed the trajectory of my life. So I just want to put it out there that it's not something to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with you or anyone else who has a chemical imbalance. It's just something that some people have. Some people have, you know, different things going on with their bodies. And that's, a, like Charlene said, in the realm of normal possibilities. So kind of putting the spotlight on it and how Charlene and I each deal with it and the fact that our knitting is a huge part of how we deal with it. Charlene with her mom's passing away and I've we have some really scary family stuff going on right now that has had me experiencing emotions that I pretty much never experienced in my life. So I've been trying to find new ways to cope and knitting, like I said earlier about my hands hurting and I should take a break from knitting right now, but I can't. <laughs> I if I wasn't if I wasn't able to knit right now, I don't know what I would do for certain hours of the day. And exercise is a big one for me too. If I wasn't able to exercise, I would go crazy. I don't know what I would do with myself. And there are lots of different things that different people do, cooking, gardening, all sorts of things. But the similarities that Charlene and I had with crafting was also our friends. Because the knockers retreat was perfect timing for her. Mm -hmm. And we were, well, and for me too, with the stuff going on in our family Mm -hmm. and being able to be around other people and share the joy of our craft and have that same common love of something is so, it's such a gift and it has helped so much. And the friends that I've been able to talk to the most are my fellow knitters and Mm -hmm. my fellow exercisers. And without (laughs) that support group, life would be really, really hard, harder than it is. So we just wanted to kind of put it out there and make a discussion out of it because a lot of people I think suffer in private and don't get help and they don't talk about it. And sometimes it just needs to be talked about. It does. And for me, things that are helpful include continuing to do the usual things, like attending my annual retreat. That was one of them. For me, it also includes my regular evening knitting time, which Mm -hmm. is non-negotiable. I need to have that knitting time. Yeah, those are the couple hours a day if I couldn't knit. I'd sit (laughs) there with my needles in my hand wanting to stab somebody with them. (laughs) It wouldn't be pretty. Exactly. And then that also includes recording the podcast. Mm -hmm. I've really come to rely on the podcast to focus my energies. I find that my projects, I, I think I would keep my projects moving along anyway, 
But I really love the process of every couple of weeks looking at my projects, re-examining. Stocking is my favorite thing to do that doesn't involve actual knitting. Stocking <laughs> knitting is Peripheral one of my yes, activities. Per, yeah, fantasy knitting. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I love stocking. I love planning the stocking segment. And when I am on Ravelry looking at what I have been stocking, I love going back over patterns that I've looked at. This is one little fun thing that I use, and I'll share it with you guys. Let me open my browser. If you click on the Pattern tab in Ravelry, and you look on the left-hand side of the page, there's a section that says, you've looked at, see more on your history page. And I always look at my history page when I'm planning my stocking. And it is so fun just to see what I've been stocking. <laughs> I don't do it that way. I go to my queue and my favorites. And, and you see, see what you've yeah. added. I yeah. do that too. I do that too. Oh, but I also use the history page because it brings up things that I forgot that I've looked at. <laughs> so it's really fun. Fun. I love reviewing so what I've looked at. And you're right, the whole keeping your focus on your knitting for podcasting, because I always feel an urge to have something finished for mm. every episode because yeah. it yeah. feels like I have a gap somehow if I don't have a finished object. So I don't have a finished object this week. Yeah. And that I, I had a hat I was working on that has been sitting there since the last <laughs> episode we recorded. And that's very unusual for me. It is very unusual for you. You, I think, are more project finish driven than I am yes because you rarely have an episode go by without a finished object and I know I've had I think far more episodes than you where I haven't finished something yeah and I for me I think that's a sign of my emotional state lately that mm-hmm. I that, that has sat there have, that you let a week up an episode go by without, without finishing and yeah. you're okay with it yes and I knew I was doing it I keep looking at that hat and I keep thinking all you need to do is knit for a couple hours and that thing will be done and I just can't bring myself to do it and that's yeah. okay so yeah it is okay and that was one of the notes that I had written down too sometimes it's just When you're feeling sadness, anxiety, stress, depression, anything in that range, sometimes it is just hard to get started on something new or to pick up another project. And I've found that sometimes you just have to fake it until you make it. (laughs) I saw that note when you sent me your notes and I thought, that is brilliant because there are so many times in life that that applies. Mm Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. And I'm not saying you should pretend to be happy when you're not. Right. But give it a try. Yeah. At least for me, because there are times where, oh, maybe I don't really feel like recording that podcast or writing my show notes or cooking dinner or whatever it is that you don't quite feel like doing and just... For me, sometimes I have to try and then I'm able to find some joy in the process. If you can't find joy in the process, then by all means, quit. Right, right. (laughs) But maybe sometimes you can give yourself a little kickstart. I don't know. 
and going for the comfort things in life. And we both mentioned that we're knitting hohi patterns and we were texting back and forth this week and she had started Hihui and I was working on fading points. So we were both working on a hohi shawl and I had just put down light rain because my hands hurt, but she had was maybe going to pick boxy pick back up. Boxy, yeah. And I said, look at us, you know, we're not feeling our best right now. And we're both reaching for our hohi patterns. It's like true comfort, true knitting. comfort knitting Yeah, back to our knitting roots yeah. almost when we started this podcast and we were knitting so many different Hohi Locatelli patterns and here we are that's kind of our our comfort space. exactly so thank you Hohi thank you very <laughs> much for that and it's so I was thinking to myself the other day that so the fading point wrap has sections of lace and the first lace section I got to and I flubbed it up like three times and finally had to tink back and put in a lifeline and figure it out. And it's not difficult lace at all. It's very simple lace. And once I'd done it once, I was thought, how did you mess this up three times in a row? But sometimes your head's not in the right space. And sometimes garter or stockinette is what you want to do because it's comforting. Mm-hmm. And to give yourself just the permission to just knit what you want because it feels good at the time versus there are times in life where you want to learn new things and you want to do more challenging things and great when that's the case. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not the case, that's okay too. I've been knitting more garter stitch than almost anything for the last (laughs) long little bit. So I think recognizing the comfort. The comfort and realizing that, yes, it's okay to feel the sadness it's okay sometimes to be depressed because sometimes you can't help it well life is like that life yeah life is like that and it's all within the normal range of human feelings and sometimes you feel it and you gotta allow it and <laughs> hopefully you don't get stuck there that's the thing you find ways to deal with the emotions so that you don't get stuck there. And it's the same for being happy. If you were happy 100% of the time, I would think somebody was emotionally stuck there as well mm-hmm. because there's other there's more to the range of human feelings and everybody should be feeling everything. <laughs> Life changes and you go yes. with it. And that's the value again of the fact that we have knitting friends and other friends in our lives because while I'm down, you might be having a really happy time in your life mm-hmm. and talking to you could really improve my outlook mm-hmm. and not to bring you down, but you know, friends are friends and that's what we do for each other. And that's the one thing I also love about the Ravelry group is that everybody in our group is so wonderful and kind and understanding and it's just wonderful. I haven't been on Ravelry as much as I want to be. And when I get there, like the other day, I had time between a couple meetings and I thought, oh, I haven't been on the group often enough. And there were five pages of comments for yeah. May. And I thought, oh, I've been out of touch for so long. And I sat down and I thought, I don't know if I have time to look at all these. But once I started reading once them, I just didn't want to stop yeah. because, every, you know, somebody was having a birthday and somebody was doing this and someone was doing yeah. that and the wedding anniversary. And it just... It just made me so much happier. And thank you very much for that. And anyone who's listening 
and doesn't have a local community, or maybe you live in a remote area and you don't have a lot of friends, join the Ravelry group, please, because it's such a happy place to be. It's so uplifting. And it's so supportive. Very supportive. Very. I've had a similar experience to you because I haven't been able to be on Ravelry as much as I had before my mom got sick. And I'm starting to move back into it and spend a little more time. And I read a lot of messages this week and it just felt like coming home. Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Like, ah, here I am. All these people who get me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing I did want to say, I went through it with my mother-in-law earlier this year and Charlene's going through it with her mom and Julie on our, in our group is going through it right now. The sadness that you experience when someone passes away is hard enough. The grief is hard enough, but then you have to go through all the ridiculous paperwork and stuff that's involved. Mm -hmm. And that just makes it so much harder. And I think a lot of people expect us to get over a death faster than it actually happens. And especially when you have all that stuff that reminds you constantly. So it can take a really long time. And we're all here for anybody who needs help. So it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. We love you. And (laughs) feeling that range, the sadness, the anxiety, the stress, the depression, it's hard to get through. And you just do the best you can. And hopefully... You find a way, you find something that you can grab onto that will get you through it. For Gail and I, it has been this community and it has been our knitting, literally clutching our knitting. Yeah. <laughs> literally, yeah. Just the the tactile sensations of knitting are soothing mm, to me. That's a good point. Literally, I'm, I, when I came to see you in the Swiss Stitch the mm-hmm. other day, and I hadn't knit all day. Well, it was only like one in the afternoon. So of course I hadn't knit. But as soon as I sat down and picked up my needles and started knitting, my whole body relaxed. <laughs> I, it was a, a, so obvious when it happened. I thought, wow, that's all I needed was just to sit down and start knitting and yeah. everything got better. That's a really good point. I wonder if knitters, all knitters must get comfort from that tactile sensation, that sensation of picking up their wool, picking up their yarn. Yeah. Well, the wood, you know, your needles in your fingers and the yarn in your hands and your fingers, so much of it is touch related. That's interesting. Yeah. It's something that we do it all the time. So you might not register it so often, but yeah. And when we were out thrift shopping yesterday, I was looking for yarn in all of the thrift stores. (laughs) And I said to Melissa, I said, ugh, all the yarn that you see is like the worst acrylic. And she said, does it hurt? Do you like get sores on your fingers when you knit with acrylic? Why was why would anyone knit with acrylic? So we had this whole funny conversation about the tactile, unpleasant tactile sensations of some acrylic yarns. But Interesting. it's true. It does yeah. just that, that sensational. And so if you haven't picked up your knitting in a while, pick it up. Yeah. Just pick it up and just knit a couple rows and see if it makes anything better because it really can. And Gail and I have joked over the years that sometimes we have a really pretty skein that pleases us visually or that we like to touch and we just put it on our desk. 
Yeah. And look at it yep. or feel it. <laughs> I still have the 10 color self-striping sock yarn from Fishnets that I hand wound into a gobstopper yeah. ball. It's been on my coffee table since probably October. It's it pretty. just sits there being yeah. pretty. It's probably <laughs> when I finally knit it up, the topmost colors are probably going to be faded from exposure to sun because they've been sitting on the coffee table. But I yeah. totally do that. Yeah. Yep. It, it's if you see a skein for me and I think for Gail as well, sometimes colors are uplifting. Oh yeah. And colors that are personally make you happy sitting there looking at you being pretty can help raise the spirits as well. Well my fading point <laughs> wrap is the perfect example yes, because it's a hohe pattern. Yeah. I love the actual knitting of the pattern and the colors make me so happy. So yeah, just pick up your knitting, knit a couple rows, see how it makes you feel and reach out to the group at any time because so it's we're the, all in this together yeah. and we really appreciate that you guys are there for us. So it's knitting involves the activity, the sensory perception, the visual perception, mm-hmm. so much, so much. The connection between humans, so much. Yep. Huge connection. Yes. So thank you for listening to us go on about that. We usually talk about happy things, but sometimes <laughs> life isn't giving you happy things and you have to talk about And you have too. to find a way to deal. Yep. So. so sending hugs to everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. And I have a quote from Elizabeth Zimmerman from the Knitting Without Tears book that I found a little while ago, and I think it's fitting to end this episode. Properly practiced. Knitting soothes the troubled spirit, and it doesn't hurt the untroubled spirit either. Perfect. Perfect. So thank you for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group, my Ravelry name, is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gales is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.